0: You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Bucks. You remember that buzz I was talking about last week, that opening day buzz, that just juice, that energy you have at the opening of a baseball season, the hope, the positivity, the the excitement. And, and for after a week, for that to be just put on put in rocket boosters on it and just shoot that motherfucker straight to the moon, that's how I feel right now. Phils are 5-1. and one. They have been... Uh, dominant maybe is not the right word, but they have been thoroughly outplaying these teams in pretty much all facets of the game. The starting pitching has been phenomenal. The, the lineup has... Not exactly uh, exploded, but yesterday was their first, uh, you know, really showed out and I guess carried the load. Not that it was even necessary. The, you know, the Aaron Ola was out by, I believe, the fifth inning and the, you know, bullpen got it done. I think Connor Brogdon got the win last night, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Connor Brogdon goes one and two thirds, two hits, no earned runs. Uh, You know, I, I, I'm going to look up Nola's line here because I was just curious. I mean, I, he four innings, dude. He gets in trouble in that fifth inning, and they, they got to take him out. A little worrisome, but uh, he, he had a good first game. He pitched great in the first game, and Phil's walked off uh, opening day, which is awesome. Segura chopped one over the third baseman. Uh, you know, the thing about baseball, it's a little different from all the other sports. So goddamn many games. You don't want to get too high and low and all that, whatever. But it, I'll tell you what, it's way better to be one and five or five and one than one and five. And you can't help but be giddy and fucking just excited and happy and just fired up for every game, man. I, I, I they're must-watch TV right now. Reese has come out of the gate white hot, tearing it up. He went three for five last night, I think. Uh, hit a home run double you know like he he's just performing man and and that that's a huge thing to see Bryce uh he had two hits last night He, he hasn't exactly been uh I guess tearing the cover off the ball would probably be the uh right framing of that but you know no home runs yet but you know he's got hits in four of the six yeah four of the six games he didn't hit in the first two games of this Mets series but you know the one day he only had one at bat, he had two walks. I mean, dude, I, you know you can't complain. He's doing his thing. He bunted yesterday, bunted right down the first base line, and you know slid in the first base like a psychopath, like the like like the psychopath I know he is and the psychopath I love. I mean, where where do you know where do you complain, really? Who's not who's not performing? I mean, I, I'm I'm a little disappointed in McCutcheon. He hasn't really exactly got you know. Been on fire as of late. Boom, for the beginning part of uh, the week was, you know, I mean, a lot of ground balls. A lot of, uh, you know, hard hit balls, but they're all just staying in the infield for the most part. Until last night, and he sm- he smoked that ball over the center field. Center or left, I think it was left field. Left field, left center. Uh, which is, you know, that's a fucking bomb. I think he hit the back wall. You know, he, he, he didn't exactly just loop that into the first row of seats. He fucking smoked that ball. Uh, you know, dede has been, you know, doing his thing. He he fucking hit, you know, he had a big home run in, the, in that Mets game that they lost. But everyone's just been doing their part. You know, I don't, don't want to sit here and go through all these guys, but uh, you know, and I want to give them their just due. But they, everyone has been performing, for the most part. You know, even even Adam Hazley. Adam Hazley, you know, he's, he first game one for three, one for two. These are you know official ABs. Uh, first game of the Mets series goes zero for three. You know two for two or two for three in the uh, second game of that series, and then 0 for three last night. Not exactly seeing a lot of Roman Quinn like I thought we would. Not not a uh, not the platoon situation we thought it was going to be, and maybe the team thought it was going to be. But you have to know Roman Quinn has you know no no bat. Uh, essentially, he he is strictly a, him and Billy Hamilton have a share a lot of a uh, lot in common and are, you know, very similar archetype of a player. Uh, you know, not not much of a bat, really good fielder, you know, and has has wheels and can speed around the bases. But that that's that's his contribution to the team. Bullpen has been performing rather well. Archie Bradley, Jose Alvarado, Hector Neris. Connor Brogden. Uh, I mean, the only you know guy you really are uh, maybe disappointed in would be uh, Vince Velasquez. He kind of blew the the game. Um, the, the only game they lost was you know against the Mets. They he he uh, they brought him in. He had a good first inning, and he uh, blew up in the second inning. He walked four consecutive people, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, you know, why why do we? Uh, it's it's mind numbing. When you, we as a franchise continually bring these same retreads back uh, and Roman Quinn goes under in that category as does the Vince Velasquez's of the world and in years prior it was probably like Michael Franco and uh, Nick Pavetta, and you know, uh, all, we heard all, we've heard all these names, we don't have to go down uh, memory lane. It's this. It, it, it's it's worrisome. I'm not. It's not an indictment on who he is at for the rest of the year because I thought he looked good in that, in that first inning. But it's not. You know, I, like I said, it's you know better to be five and one than one and five. I'd rather him be pitching well, but it doesn't mean he's done. You know what I mean? Like it's not. It's not a. Uh, it's not a death blow. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I, it's more of a. Concerning trend, and not even really a trend. It's just like kind of one one real you know bad performance, but but the rest of the bullpen has held their own and definitely carried their their weight. Sam Coonrod, I mean that dude. Every time they go to him, he, he's done his part. Uh, Archie Bradley, for the most part, has been pitching well. Gave up a run last night. Where you know what? What more can you say? They have the night off tonight. Um, they they we have another series against the Braves coming up this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Zach Wheeler is the projected starter tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and I know I'm not mistaken because that's how the that's how the rotation goes. So it should be him, Eflin, and then Chase Anderson again. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt Moore, not not Chase Anderson. Uh, I, I skipped Matt Moore. Matt, Matt Moore pitched well in that in that uh, in his first game back. Uh, you know, his first his first start of the season. We're gonna see if uh, this is sustainable from guys like um, Matt Moore. Uh, you know, Chase Anderson pitched pretty well for the most part. I, I I didn't really have a complaint. He doesn't really throw that hard, but he uh, he's very very much a precision sort of pitcher. Relies a lot on control and, uh, you know, umpiring and you know stuff like that. He's not he's not going to overpower guys. That that's that's the vibe I got from watching that game the other night. I yeah, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. I haven't seen much of Chase Anderson. I'm literally basing my whole thought process off of that one start. You know, and I wasn't that uh you know that wasn't that impressed, but wasn't like disappointed. It's what you could expect from a fifth starter and. It's more production than we've gotten out of that fifth starter position in a long time. You know, I, I don't even know if "long time" is the right word, but I've been seeing guys like Jerome Williams, and you know, uh, I, that, I'm my I'd have to go through the recycling bin of my brain to figure out some of the names that were, you know, included in that fifth fifth starter position. But let's look at, uh, you know, I mean, I told you that the the Phil's have the Braves this weekend, uh, you know. Braves were able to win their series with the Mets. They're 2-4. They are going to be looking to get some revenge against us. We're going down to Atlanta this time. So I will, uh, you know, I'm curious to see. Uh, Braves are obviously going to be our competition. I, I love these division games. We're going to find out, you know, pretty early on where we're at. And, I mean, we swept them last week. So we'll, I am extremely curious to see what we, what we uh, look like and, and what, you know, this is the second time them seeing us, seeing our pitchers, and seeing guys like Eflin and Wheeler. So, let's see how they perform and how we perform. You know, uh, against our, our biggest our biggest rival right now, our, our biggest, uh, I guess, roadblock when it comes to trying to win the NL East. And you know, we'll have the Mets series after that, a four game Mets series. So, opening up back to back Braves Mets, Braves Mets. Then Cardinals, Giants, and we start mixing up uh, you know, some other teams. We go on a little bit of a road trip after that. So we'll see. I mean, this is a road trip coming up. This is seven straight games on the road. And I guess we'll see how, how the fucking boys look. You know, because I, I got high hopes, all right? I, I'm, I'm all in. I can't wait to get down to the yard. I've been seeing on Instagram stories a couple of guys that, you know, I follow. A couple of my boys have been going down. And I, I got a little FOMO, man. I'm, I I want to get down there. I, I went to the Sixers game; that was great. But in the COVID environment, it it was not the same. The you know when the Sixers building is juiced, there's nothing like that. That we there is a a in a, like an energy in in the Wells Fargo Center when during a playoff game or during a big Sixers game where it's kind of um, unrivaled, in my opinion, in the uh, you know, the sports. I mean, the Eagles games are. Unrivaled in the sense that it's not better or worse than another, you know, like thing, but it's it's its own entity. Eagles games is a, a completely it's it's se- it's a separate entity. That that you, you feel like an animal in there. You're, it is an animalistic environment, and you are just like frothing at the mouth and everything the Eagles do. You're loving it. There's people fighting in the stands. It, it, it's it's crazy. Sixers is a little different, but it's such a uh, like we're on top of what's going on, and we're just so into what the you know the team's going on, what's going on with with everything on the floor, and it being inside. I think the sound uh, bouncing off the roof and there's just it's a whole different, it's a different ball game. And I love going to Sixers games. So when you go and it's like there's two thousand people and they're pumping crowd noise in, and it's just weird. You know, like it's 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 uh, not the same, man. And I don't want to sound like a uh, you know like I'm complaining or something. I'm I'm happy that we were able to go to games, but it's just different. I've and I say all that to say that I feel like the baseball is the closest thing to the, the what we would call normal because. There's a lot. It seems like there's a lot more people in the Philly Stadium than there has ever been on the uh, Sixers or anything like that. Just you know, inside and whatnot, and and those Sixers games where there's only two thousand. I've been in the building when there's been two thousand people in there. I I've paid for three dollar tickets. I've paid more for parking than I did for four tickets to get into the game. Uh, that I've I've seen that okay, and that was not a fun time. T- to me, the Phillies games have always been fun. Whether they're good or bad, just because the environment—that's that, like I—I I can tell you—and it's a completely different environment. That's more of a fun, uh, like night out environment, and, and just a uh, night at the park. You're sitting out the in the weather. It's you know, it's nice. You're you know, it, it's just different. It, it's all different, baby. Okay, when like in football, you're outside, but it's cold. It's 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 gritty. It's it can get grimy in there, man. You're a little you're a little tanked up, all right. You you drank a little bit out out in draft just to warm yourself up. So when you get in there, you know you don't have to pay forty five dollars for your fucking you know your three tall boys. Maybe you only need two tall. I don't know. You know, maybe I I, I juice up in the parking lot. All right, I, I personally I juice up big time so that I don't have to spend no money in, in the uh, in in the in the stadium. But that's just me. Can't get too juiced up where you can't even function. All right, yeah, that's a that, that's another problem in itself. You know, they call that alcoholism, but that what you know what I do is called refined alcoholism. Just kidding. All right, jokes, jokes. Everyone, we're just kidding. So uh, that's all. That's basically all I got to say about the fills and and whatnot. I am looking forward to getting down to the yard. I am looking forward to see what the fills look like on the road. Looking forward to see if the bullpen can keep up what they got going on, if the starters can keep it going, and if the offense can get going and and start revving this thing up, and to see what they'll you know what what they do, you know with, with the the center field, Uh, is it going to be Hazley? Can Hazley you know continue to get on base and hit? Is Roman Quinn completely out of the out of the question? And uh, you know, just stuff like that, man. I, the the dog days of summer are coming, and the dog days of the baseball season are right around the corner. And I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. And you know how excited I have to be about the Phils for me to bury what is a fucking big what is big news in the Philly sports world, and that is the return of Joel Embiid. Joel, the process. Hans Troel do a one eighty M bead is back from his uh, possibly catastrophic knee injury, and thanks to the Lord, all savior, mighty Jesus, Jesus Christ. Joel only misses two weeks, man. He has a bone bruise, very similar to the uh, to, to the one he had before. And no torn ACL, no you know catastrophic uh, ligament damage or no broken bones. You know he just rested, comes back. Uh, you know, and, and we'll get into that. So let me go. let uh, talk about the Sixers. They. I, I don't remember if I talked. I think I think the last one I did this podcast it was that Thursday. Might have been a Friday. Maybe the Sixers game already happened in that Cavs game. I don't think I did talk about this, but the Cavs we we smoked the Cavs. On the way back from uh, the West Coast, which was uh, very shocking to me, not shocking that we beat the Cavs and all that, but just like the whole coming back from the West Coast, that's such a trap game. I thought when I looked at the schedule, just like the you know they want to go home so bad from the West Coast that they had to stop in Cleveland real quick and and play and play the uh, the the Cavs without Embiid. You know Simmons has a horrible game, bro. I I I, this I did remember. You know I I, when I do this podcast, I kind of look at the stats to try to like. You know, not not only have information, but like refresh my mind to like what really happened in that game. Cause I want you know, we're all sports fans. You watch so many fucking games each week. You're like, wait, what happened? And then like, unless you're seeing it, you're like, oh right, I remember that. Like, shake went off. You know, Dwight Howard, 18 and 15. When you look at that, it's like, dude, what? Shocking from you know from a guy like Dwight Dwight Howard to still be doing that at this point in his career. But you know. I guess he wasn't in LA, so he didn't have to get thrown out of the fucking game. You know, surprising, Kevin Love still plays for them. He's turned into a shell of himself, man. Kind of sad to see. They were able to hold Sexton and uh, what's his name Garland at bay. Garland did not play well at all. Sexton, you know, did his thing at twenty four points. Dean Wade, yeah, what big ass white dude. He had sixteen points, I think. I'm already, I'm already off that screen because uh, you know, that that that's the you know who cares. Joel came back Saturday, I believe that was a Saturday night. Let me let me make sure I'm getting my days right. Yeah, Saturday night against the Timberwolves at home, one twenty two, one thirteen. Sixers get it done. Was never much of a uh, game. They kind of let the the T wolves back in at the end, but they you know. It was a th- pretty much a thorough domination. Second and third quarters where they got it done. Like I said, let them back in. Toby closing as always. They give him the rock at the end of the game. He's been he's been able to to make the right play on a consistent basis all season long. So that's going to be huge come playoff time. We were we were counting. We, you know, the year we uh, the year of our most ex- recent success with Jimmy Butler. He was the guy that we counted on to make the plays at the end of the game and and make the right decision. And now it looks like we're going to be Counting on Tobias Harris, he's going to be our closer. He's going to be the guy that we look to look to, to make make a play at the end of the game. You know, Joel only played twenty eight minutes. He had twenty four points. Something late. Cat uh, went off. I do remember Cat. What did Cat score? Thirty nine points and he fouled out. Yeah, thirty nine, fourteen, and five. Uh, four for twelve from three. That's probably too many threes for a guy like Cat. I know he's more of a finesse guy, but Anthony Edwards with twenty seven points. Uh, you know, it, it was never really a, uh, you know, serious game game. It, it started to tighten up a little bit, but it, it, we, you know, I didn't really have a doubt. Grizzlies smoked the Sixers the next night, though. Sunday night, Easter Easter Sunday, no Embiid on a back-to-back at home. They get smoked. Grayson Allen went off. I, I want to see his stats because I do remember watching the game and just thinking, he only had 15 points, dude. Four for thirteen from three, and in my mind, like he, there was a a pocket of that game where he could not miss, and the, honestly, the whole Grizzlies team couldn't miss. I mean, they they what did they what did they shoot from three here in this game, dude? Like it it, it was uh let me see, they shot forty two percent, sixteen for thirty eight from three. That's too much. All right, that that that's way that's way too much. All right, man, we and compare that to what, what did we shoot? Eight for 34, 24 percent. It's the game right there, dude. Everything else is, uh, you know, somewhat similar, other than assist, which you know has a lot to do with, you know, we shot forty-two percent, they shot forty-nine percent from the field. There's your difference right there. It seemed like the Sixers didn't have any, uh, didn't have the juice or uh, like defensive energy to be out guarding the three-point line and in. in, in the necessary fashion that you know that was needed. Uh, that doesn't really make that sense. I just said doesn't really make much sense, but it sounded good in my head. Uh, but they, they didn't do they didn't they didn't have the energy to do what it takes to to guard the three because they, they they were smoking us in the three, dude. I, that, now looking at that numbers it makes more sense. But just like eye test watching the game, you're like, oh my god, these guys are not missing from three, and and we can't do anything. Tobias had twenty one, Shake had fourteen, and and that's it, dude. Simmons has seven, seven, and four you're, you're you, that can't happen man I, I he he's been he's reverting back to that that old like just just bad bad version of Simmons the non-aggressive just hanging out and doesn't really want to you know drive to the bucket or you know put it on himself he wants to just kind of coast through these games and, and that's gonna help us lose games like that uh, it's concerning it's concerning to see this happen for you know two consecutive or th- the The Timberwolves game not so much. A fourteen eight and six is the is the Simmons game, but that Cavs game was pretty bad as well. You know so that 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 was a little concerning. Uh, then they go to the Celtics on Tuesday night. It's a nationally televised game. TNT. Sixers win one and Embiid has thirty five. You know, f- back to his old self. Thirty two minutes. Uh, the Sixers were dominant in that game. They they led by around ten going into halftime and they were able to maintain that ten point lead, you know, by the end of the game. Big second quarter, 34-22. Uh, I love seeing the talks in Boston now that Tatum's not a real superstar and they, they were lying to themselves and uh, you know, now they're figuring out what, should they fire Brad Stevens or should they you know what do they do? Do do they blow it up? You know, I love this. The seven seed, you had your fun beating up on the young Sixers while they were up and coming, while they didn't have certain guys ready, while they, you know, while while Simmons was hurt, or while you know they they were just able to exploit our, you know, lack of uh, you know our lack of coaching or good coaching that is, or just out coach Brett Brown, all that shit. You know what? It, everything that led into you know every Celtics guy ever making making every shot. Sending out Horford to us to be basically a uh, like a, a turncoat spy and all that, we are as much to blame. Okay, I'm not. I'm not saying any of that. Okay, I just wanted to say all that to say, fuck you, Boston. How does it feel? How does it feel that we're gonna have our foot on your fucking throat for the next decade? All right, we're not fucking around anymore. Joel's at the height of his powers. Jason Tatum is a glor is a poor man's Carmelo Anthony at this point, just a score. That's it. What happened to him being a a, a superstar, a, a top five player? You know that he was going to be able to carry the Celtics. They they were going to be able to build around Jason Tatum. Those talks are mute now, and all I see is uh, on Celtics Twitter is just civil war. Just them going back and forth at each other. They want to fire this guy, trade that guy, blow it all up. Because it was all for naught. All those trades, all the, you know, the, the just everything. Losing to LeBron, trading for Kyrie, signing Kemba, signing Gordon Hay. All of it was for nothing, and they have absolutely nothing to show for it. And now they're at the tail end of their, of their you know, Third story arc, and we are just we are we are like I said about those rocket boosters. We have those Elon Musk, those fucking sky, the what is it, whatever the fuck that company is called, those Skyrock, sky X or whatever. Who the <laughs> fuck cares? They have those rockets on them, dude, and they are shooting this motherfucker straight to the moon. All right, we're not stopping until it's until I'm on Broad Street in the sun and in, 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 in a nice sunny. What is it going to be, August now? August, June, July? If I'm if, if it's on a sunny summer day and I'm standing on Broad Street and I don't see that golden Larry O'Brien trophy floating down the street, then something's fucked up. All right? And, and listen, I'll tell you one thing, and, I, and I'll bet you, I, I'll, I'll bet a lot of things, all right? If any of you Bostonites want, want to put something on the line, the Celtics will not be the ones to take us out of the playoffs. All right? I think I feel pretty confident in saying that the seven-seeded Celtics, if the season ended today, it would be us, us and you. How do you feel now? I don't feel worried like I did before. You ain't gonna do shit to Embiid. You can't guard him no more. That's over. And if Simmons rolls himself out of bed and, and performs at half of his capacity, you have no chance, no chance whatsoever. So it's good to have Embiid back. It feels good. Sixers are off tonight. They have the Pelicans, the Thunder, the Mavs, and the Nets. So that Nets game I'm really looking forward to, man. That's the one. KD's back. Wednesday night on ESPN. That's the big one, folks. And that, that'll be we'll, the next day we'll have this podcast. And that'll be probably the conversation. Depending on what the Phils do, let's see who gets the uh, the top the top slot and and in, in the conversation, man. I mean, you know, you got to earn it here at the hot take hot box. It's not not given. All right, the Sixers have you know Sixers, Eagles, Phils. They've all been jockeying for position. Flyers will never, you know, not. I should I shouldn't say never. They 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 definitely have the possibility. I love the Flyers, but, but what I'm seeing now, the Flyers don't have much much of a chance. They they were able to. Beat the Bruins, uh, you know, and then they then they've dropped one back to them. So, but they beat the Bruins in overtime, and they need to catch the Bruins. They were four four points down, now they're six. They only have eighteen to play. Only the top four teams in their division make the playoffs. They're up against it, man. Fly, and, and Flyers, it, it's a uh, they're they're very cyclical. They, they they follow the same cycle over and over again. They get a new coach, that coach lights a fire under their ass. They go as far as they can that first season, and then after that, they just consistently down spiral until that that coach gets fired, and then we restart the cycle by bringing in a new coach. He lights a fire under their ass, and repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. You know, and it gets tired. It gets tiring, and and um, you know, I'm not I'm not really uh, juiced to talk about it. Eagles signed a few guys, Jordan Howard you know uh whatever some linebacker eric thomas or something along those lines uh you know non consequential moves i mean they could could be big moves down down the line but it's just not it's not something i'm going to sit here and give you 20 minutes on it, you know who cares uh and the, the eagles had not much movement draft wise it's kind of, now we're in the sit and wait situation i saw a stat yesterday that uh jeremy Macklin is the last Thousand yard receiver for the Eagles that they've drafted, and you can go through the names and see all the names that they've drafted, like names like Marvin McNutt and, and, and Shelton Gibson and Mac Hollins, and you know, on and on and on and on. And now we've traded ourselves out of a prime position to get a skill a skill position player, and we traded back to twelve to probably what pick pick an edge rusher or you know. Who the fuck knows? I I I actually am so sick of you know the the Eagles. I, I sour more and more on them every day when I just keep seeing the you know the mock drafts and all uh, just the, all the draft talk that we we were right there in the mix and now we, we're just we're basically punting on this year. But the signings they're making, the they're just bringing back the it's the same crew coming back to do the same shit, and I think they plan on being bad next year. They plan on being really bad and. I wonder if Sirianni even has a real chance. Does Jalen Hurts even have a real chance? Are, are they actually going to help these? Can they even? Can they even help these guys with, with uh, their the situation financially? You know, and it's the same situation with the draft. We 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 rehash this shit on this podcast every week. But the closer we get to the draft, the more I'm like, you know, staring at my roof at night, thinking, dude, they're going to fuck this up. I don't know how they're gonna fuck this up, but they are gonna fuck this up somehow, and, and they already did by trading back. Uh, it's still that trade is still fucking bullshit to me. Uh, I said it at the time. It doesn't make sense unless you're trading trading all those picks for a quarterback. And I heard people like, "Oh, well, if you trade for a quarterback, you're the same situation." Whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah. And I, I was listening to Joe Cameron and John Ritchie when I was driving around earlier today. Shout out to them, WIP. and they, and some guy called and he was saying that like, "What? Well, you know, you would just have a good you know a good quarterback and a, and a bad team, but and." That's what, you know, and Joe Cameron said, well, at least you'd have a good quarterback. You know, and they were like, said, Car, we ruined Carson, and that's always, the, you know those guys that say that, they're always the Carson guys. But I'd rather have that than just have a, you know, a bad team and uh, you know, mediocre quarterback, because that's what Jalen Hurts is right now, you know, he, I mean, he could grow into something, but right now, he's kind of a, you know, a real big question mark, so... Uh, I'm all for trading for the quarterback. I, I, I hope Aaron Rodgers and them. I, ho- I hope we're we're calling up and we're you know, constantly talking to them and just seeing if they really want to make the move or not. Because I don't think I don't think they do. But I just would know if he's traded. I want I want him, and I and I want to know what the price is. And I I I would be in the mix for that. I know he's older and and whatnot, but he definitely has, at the bare minimum, a good five years left in him. So. That's my Eagles talk that, you know, that I just touched on all four sports there for you in 30 minutes. And that's pretty much the, you know, the, the, the vibes here that I have for, for the city. Uh, you know, I'm positive on the Sixers. I'm positive on the Phils I'm big time positive on those two. The other ones, not so much, you know, the, the Flyers, obviously not. And the Eagles, it's getting worse by the day. And I'm getting more and more sick to my stomach every single day. So, you know, now the Masters are going on. Uh, Congratulations to Baylor, by the way. Baylor uh, won the national championship. Uh, Phenomenal. Final four was awesome. Uh, Suggs and the UCLA. Suggs hitting the shot was great. It was a great moment. Uh, Baylor just dominated Houston. They dominated Gonzaga. They didn't miss shots. They played hardcore, hardcore defense, physical defense. Uh, made the made the refs. You know, it put the, put the put the ball in the refs' court, and you know, there's a possibility for them to call a foul on every possession. And they they you know they didn't. You know, they they're basically daring the refs to call on some shit. They're just hacking dudes' arms and just aggressive defense. And you know, you can't call everything. And and they they just dictated everything that happened in that game. They were they didn't let Timmy go to work from the from the high post. They just were very physical with Gonzaga from the very beginning. It bu- it fucked them up in the beginning. It bumped them off their what their usual shit is. They were never able to settle in, and by the time they settled in, it was way too late. They weren't going to be able to catch them. And Davion Mitchell and uh, I'm struggling. The the uh, Turner, I think, is his name. I, I I forget. There's you know so many different names you got to remember, but you know. Uh, Mayor or whatever. That uh, that those teams. It was two great teams. The two best teams made it to you know made it to the end, and it was a rightful national championship. Jalen Suggs. You almost wish he didn't make that shot because you could just tell he had he was just pressing way too hard in the national championship. The Gonzaga just everything went bad for them in the beginning. Baylor made every shot, and the hats off to them, man. Scott Drew and the Baylor Bears get their first national championship in a while. And Mark Few and Gonzaga are still, you know, still left, left there without, without a seat at the dance, without, you know, without a date. They, they still have no national championship for as, uh, as great and as dominant as they've been, you know, and all of the great players that they've had at 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 that school for over the years, man, you know. I mean, you think it's a bonus. Demontis a bonus. He's an all star. He he went there, and Jalen Suggs is you know, uh, and, and you know many other guys. Kelly Olynyk, you know, I can only like think of the, the you know the white guys, of course, but because I feel like Gonzaga for the majority has always had like these like stud white. I mean, Adam Morrison that that that's kind of like what I base it off of because Adam Morrison was like the shit when I was the when I was a young bull. He uh you know, he he was on the cover of one of the NCAA games you know. I come to find out years later that he smelled, never took showers, you know, but it, you can fucking, sh- you can score, dude. He was a little too small though. Why am I even talking about Adam Morrison? Uh Masters of this weekend, I don't really have much, uh, much of a thought on it. Um, it's doesn't, I, you know, I was watching it this morning and it, it, it's, it doesn't have the same juice as when Tiger plays, obviously, but it, it, you could just, when I was just watching it today, I could just, feel, I felt it. I was like, damn, man, the, this is like, you know, it. I don't want to disrespect. I love the Masters, man. I love golf, and I watch it no matter what. But it, its not. It, it's like I said earlier, talking about the Sixers and, and just talking about the. It's not the same. It doesn't have that same energy. You don't feel the same watching it. it feels different. Uh, you know, it, it, it's its own thing. It's not better. I can tell you that for sure. It's not better. You know, but that's just my personal opinion. Maybe other people like it. People who hate Tiger and. People who are just total golf purists—they probably love it, because they, uh, you know, the coverage, whatever. They think Tiger gets favorable treatment, whatever, dude. You know, there's people. There's a large population of people who just hate whatever's popular, and you know, who, whatever people like, a bunch of people like, they're like, ah, fuck that, I hate that, and they just do whatever they can to shit on that, whatever it is. It doesn't even matter what it is. They just don't like popular things, and I, I, I you know, and you know, also Tiger has done done himself some. Different things that may maybe turn some people off. So it's not the same with with Adam. Uh, a couple guys, you know, I I, I would be rooting for JT. I'll be rooting for you know not. I I'll be rooting against Deshambo, who was already struggling today. And you know, I saw Abraham Answer was doing well. It's, it was so early. I mean, I'm recording this podcast at like t- two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon. So on Thursday of the you know beginning of the week. But the Masters is always fun. It's always a uh, you know a, a treat and like a pleasure to watch it. They say that it's been pretty dry down there, which means that that those greens are gonna be like fucking putting a marble on, on concrete. There, it's gonna be as difficult as it gets. Uh, you saw, I mean, and, and it, it'll humble the best golfers in the world. They go there and they look like us out there. So you know, on some holes, uh, you know, and they're, they're the most skilled. The bat be- they're the best to do it right now they're the best in the world and this the, the game finds a way to humble that even them so it's fascinating to watch we'll see who is able to keep their game together for four straight days and, and is there at the end to get the green jacket i would like to see somebody win it who's never won it you know i also like to see Spieth play well and, and maybe maybe he wins it you know rory i'm also rooting for rory uh, i don't ever really uh, you know i i, I I don't, you know, the golfing is uh, tough to get picks on, and there, you know, there's a couple guys, uh, Mike Mandalora. For anyone who's who listens, he's a uh, great follow for golf betting and just golf information. That guy studies it. he 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 follows the trends and he knows numbers. Man, he he's a smart guy. So if if that's what you know, if you're looking for gambling picks, he'll be able to, you know, you can you can go onto his Twitter, and you'll be able to find uh, a, a link to usually writes articles and stuff that give you good information of what you know and stats and stuff that he's thinking about right now that he's basing his picks off of he'll give you top tens and different stuff like that guys that make the cut whatnot i, I know those bets are out the window but you can still bet the winner you can still find you know on FanDuel and whatnot you can still bet live who you think is going to win so you now have at it folks um with that said that's probably it for uh for this one um you know i'm gonna be back uh, i'll be back again next week Like always, and uh, you know, if you've listened this far again, I appreciate it. Uh, Be sure to check out uh, if you're, you know, looking for the MMA portion of this. We have just started a new MMA podcast, so it's not that new, but we're rebooting it again. Shoulder the shoulders, the H the HTHB the Hot Take Hotbox Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast, purely MMA focused. We will discuss the uh, MMA and combat sports in general. We will we will talk the whole gamut of you know, boxing, MMA, uh, and not even just UFC, just Bellator One Championship, PFL. We'll talk about anything that fascinates us. Jake Paul and Ben Askren, we're gonna talk it all, folks. Mike Tyson fighting Evander Holyfield, uh, you know that the the huge the the two uh, black dudes that were fighting in the Walmart. We'll talk about that too. We talk about everything, man. All right. Which was crazy. If you didn't see that, they were like comparing him to like he wasn't the Raiders offensive lineman. They thought he was a uh, Raiders offensive lineman. That that poor guy just got drugged through the mud. They thought it was like Bruce Campbell. They thought he was getting his ass beaten at Walmart. Happened to be just some random dude. So that has nothing to do with this. But the point is, we love fights, and I'm always down to talk about any sort of fights. And as you can tell, my <clears throat> voice just cracked like two times in the last minute. That means it's time for me to go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you for watching, watching, listening. Uh, dude, I've been fucked these last two days. I'm running out of words, bro. Maybe maybe uh, I'm hitting my limit. I got to rest this weekend. Uh, enjoy, enjoy your weekend, folks, and uh, be sure to listen to the podcast like always. Thank you.